Hi friends and welcome back to the How to Be a Good Mom podcast. I'm Frankie, a 28-year-old first-time mom trying to figure out how to be a good mom myself. So if you're also wondering how you can be a good mom, keep your kids alive, and get through the day with a smile, this podcast is for you. Hi guys and welcome back to the How to Be a Good Mom podcast which is clearly a very inconsistent and unreliable source of information for you to learn exactly how I am trying to be a good mom. Sorry for the very long break. Um, It has been almost a month since I posted on my blog or recorded a podcast, and I'm going to be really honest with you, I got kind of embarrassed. (laughs) Not that anybody is really listening to this. I mean... I have a couple of friends that I've shared it with, and I'm pretty sure that's the only people who have accessed this podcast or read my blog, Um, but it's hard to be really vulnerable, and sometimes I think who really cares what I have to say or what I have to share, but then um, I remember that I'm, I'm really doing this for me, not for anybody else, and for me, sharing my experience um, and, you know, just what I'm going through as a mom is kind of therapeutic. Um, So I'm back today with a post about how I am trying to prevent postpartum depression. If you have listened to my earlier episode on postpartum depression or read my blog post about it, you will know that at six weeks postpartum with my first son, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression. Um, It was a really hard time for me and I really don't want to go through it again. And I'm expecting my second baby, a little girl, that is due in the middle of January, which is already like the winter doldrums for me. I hate the winter in Connecticut. Um, I would move south in a second if my husband would let us. But nonetheless, we do live in Connecticut where it is gray and dreary and cold for the entire month of January, February, and most of March. So... In addition to welcoming a new baby during that time, um, I'm going to just have to figure out how to prevent myself from going back to the place that I was when I had James um, almost a year and a half ago now, if you can believe it. So a couple things that I'm trying to do, and I say trying because obviously I'm not saying this is exactly how you prevent postpartum depression because I don't know. I might end up with it again and maybe there's nothing you can do to prevent it. But here are three things that I'm really trying to do. Um, So the first, I'm trying to remove the pressure on myself to breastfeed. Um, Breastfeeding James really did not come easily. I tried really hard in the hospital, but it was just one of those things that was so overwhelming to me. And I needed to remove something from my plate. Like I needed to take one of the stressors and say, I'm not I'm not doing this right now. Like, this is not that important. And for me, that was breastfeeding. So um, I gave up on breastfeeding really early on um, and said I would just pump. um, And then that became incredibly overwhelming. And I gave up on that too and fed James formula. Um, And I don't want to sound like that negative about it. Um, When I say give up, like, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's like... I'm not trying to be hard on myself because I gave up, you know, in quotes. 
Um, it's just something, like I said, I had to remove something from my plate and that was what I chose to remove. Now in hindsight, I think there were a lot of other things that would have made more sense to remove, but in the long run, um, I don't regret my decision to stop breastfeeding. I don't regret my decision to stop pumping. Honestly, I wish I had made those switches earlier to formula, um, because once I did that, I think once I removed that layer of pressure, I was able to enjoy feeding him a lot more. So my goal this time, I would love to breastfeed if it comes naturally um, and if it works for us, but if it does present that same amount of pressure and anxiety that it did with James, I'm just gonna switch to formula and feel totally fine about it. Um, James is almost 18 months old now, and was on formula for the first year of his life before we switched him to whole milk, and he's totally fine. He grew, he has teeth, he's great, he's an awesome eater now, so I'm really not worried about the long-term effects of formula feeding. Um, somebody I follow on Instagram, she her name is Mallory, but her Instagram handle is the Formula Mom. She has helped me so much in just kind of accepting the fact that, like, there are so many ways to feed your baby, and as long as you're healthy and your baby's healthy, that's really all that matters. And it matters that both of you are healthy, you know? Is breast milk an amazing, wonderful food for babies? Yes, of course, but it's really not worth sacrificing the mom's mental or physical health because your baby needs you, you know? Like, you as a mom are so much more important than any antibodies or benefits, vitamins, extra things that your breast milk can provide. Having a happy mom who's present and there for their kid is way more important than being able to feed breast milk, in my opinion. So that's one thing. But I say again, I'm trying really hard. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I had a nightmare. It was like a dream, kind of a nightmare. No, it was definitely a nightmare (laughs) pretty recently, like within this last week about breastfeeding, um, this new baby, except in my dream, this new baby was James. So basically it was like a flashback, but a different circumstance. It's hard to describe, but basically in my dream, James was a baby again. And I realized all of a sudden after I had decided to formula feed, all of a sudden I realized, oh my gosh, I still have breast milk in there. Like I'm not totally empty. I could still breastfeed if I wanted to. So I got James to latch. Um, and you know, I think everything went fine in my dream. He ate. It was great. I was so excited. Like, oh my gosh, yes. I don't have to feed formula anymore. I can just breastfeed. This is amazing. Um, but when he got finished breastfeeding, this is in my dream, I looked down and he had totally wrecked my nipples. Like my nipples were bleeding, scabby, like falling off in my dream. And for some reason, I was like with my mom and we were in the Walmart parking lot. So we decided to go inside and try to find nipple balm or nipple cream or something to help so I could keep breastfeeding. And we're searching up and down the aisles of Walmart looking for the nipple balm and my boobs are bleeding everywhere and James is crying. And it was just like, honestly, a nightmare. And I woke up from that dream thinking, there is no way I'm breastfeeding. Like, no way. What? Not even like logically in my mind what if that happens? Because that obviously would never happen. I would never just randomly breastfeed in the Walmart parking lot and discover that my boobs bleed. But what if it causes me that much stress? What if it causes me that much pain? Like, what if it is a stumbling block between me 
bonding with my daughter or not bonding with my daughter. So I don't know. Obviously, having a lot of emotions about the breastfeeding thing. Um, I have friends, mom friends, who had a great breastfeeding experience. And I have mom friends who did not have a great breastfeeding experience and decided to switch to formula. Um, and I don't, obviously there is no right way. I don't want to say one is not better than the other because I think scientifically the benefits of breast milk are undeniable. But like I said, the benefits don't outweigh the you know negative side effects of having a mom who is depleted because she is trying to breastfeed her baby and it's just not right for them. So that's what I'm trying to do. If you guys have any tips on how to remove that pressure, let me know. It's hard too because the hospital that I'm going to, um, it's a great hospital and I had a good experience last time, but it's it's what they call baby friendly. So they really discourage formula feeding um, at this hospital like they do in many hospitals around the country so they don't want you to try formula they just want you to try breastfeeding and if it's not working for you they will set you up with a lactation consultant and things like that but formula is really discouraged in the hospital and that can be really hard for a brand new mom like I think because I have the hindsight and the benefit and the perspective of knowing I have one kid who was formula fed almost exclusively. Like I really only provided breast milk for him through like five or six weeks. That's it. Whether it was trying to pump um, in the hospital or pumping at home and then bottle feeding, I ran out by five or six weeks. I was done. So I have the perspective now of knowing your baby is going to be just fine if you feed them formula because I've seen it. I've done it. I've lived it. So I know that 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 is not a failure. You know, feeding your baby formula is not failing to breastfeed. It's just feeding them something different. That is like, I don't want to say just as good because again, scientifically, it doesn't have those antibodies and the immunity boosting factors of breast milk. But the formula industry is so highly regulated. Like formula is not poison. It's not bad for your kids. It is life-sustaining nutrition. So... Sorry, this is kind of getting rambly and a little bit on a tangent, but um, yeah, I'm going give it, to give it a shot, see if it works. If it doesn't, I am going to remove that burden from my plate. The next thing that I'm doing much differently this time is taking maternity leave. So I work part-time right now as a mortgage loan officer, um, and I just work from home during kind of James's nap time and after he goes to sleep at night. So um, it's not a ton of hours that I'm working, but I am going to be taking a complete break around the time that I have the baby. And I'm even going to start that break at the beginning of December, which is a full month and a half before I'm even due. Um, If anybody knows my story with James, I did have him six weeks early. So in theory, I could have, I mean, I could have this baby anytime, but in my head, I really want to give myself those last six weeks just in case anything does happen and I do have preterm labor again. Um, I really don't want to be working from the hospital. I don't want to be stressing about getting back to clients when I'm dealing with labor or, you know, just those final days of pregnancy. Um, they are really not fun. 
So I am definitely taking the entire month of December, the entire month of January, um, and depending on when I have the baby, I might take some time in February as well um, before I start taking any new clients on just to give myself time to get used to having a new baby and getting into a new routine and taking care of two kids instead of just one. Um, So that's going to be a lot different this time. One thing that I do need to look into is the Connecticut Paid Family Leave Act. So in my job, I don't have any paid maternity leave. I'm welcome to take as much time as I want. My employers are amazing um, and they would definitely support me in, you know, however much time I wanted to take off. But it's not the kind of job, it's not like a cushy corporate job where you get like your eight weeks of paid time off. Um, So I'm going to look into the law that passed recently in Connecticut. It just started being funded this year in 2021. So I think people can start drawing from it in 2022. So that will be exciting Um, and a much, you know, bigger change from last time. I mean, last time I was working um, on a pretty big case, I mean... Not big, but it wasn't a small caseload. It was definitely more than I do right now. And I was working on that from the NICU and working on that from home. Like, as soon as I got home with James, I just never really stopped. And it wasn't really because I financially felt like, oh my gosh, I need to keep working. I need to make money. It was just like, I just felt like I had all these plates spinning because I hadn't stopped working before James was born. So I had clients, like, I just felt like I couldn't leave them in limbo. And I think this time by stopping earlier than my due date. Um, I won't have any new clients who are like just in the beginning part of the process. So I won't really leave anybody hanging. And you know, anybody that gets in touch with me for services after I'm out on maternity leave, will just get to work with one of my amazing coworkers. Um, so they'll definitely be taken care of. So I'm hoping I don't feel any work stress around this postpartum period. One more thing that I'm doing, the last thing I have on my list Oh, actually, I have two more things on my list. Hmm, who knew? Okay, so the next thing I'm doing (laughs) um, is lining up help. So James was born in April of 2020, which was the very beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, And I didn't really have any help, anybody come to my house to help me. I couldn't have anybody go to the hospital with me because of COVID and just trying to be extra cautious because we had a premature baby. Um... This time, I am acknowledging that I really need in-person support during my postpartum period. I need my mom here. I need, like, friends here. I need people physically to be here to help me, which is great. Um, I'm really happy that I can acknowledge that, and I'm really happy that I have friends and family in my life who I can say, like, no, like, I need you to come here and help me. Um, So I feel really lucky about that. I just want to focus on recovering and bonding with the baby and spending time with James. I don't want to worry about cooking or cleaning or even just like unloading the dishwasher. Little things like that in those first few weeks postpartum seem like huge deals. And I'm not the kind of person that can just let my house turn to chaos around me and be comfortable. So I will definitely need somebody to come unload the dishwasher or put some laundry away and make some food. Um, and I am as a second time around mom, I think I know that those are, those are the things you really need. You know what I mean? You don't need like flowers or cute onesies or those things for newborn babies. You need food. You need people to bring you food and 
clean your house. So I'm taking anybody who wants to come help. You just let me know and I will sign you up for a slot to come take care of me postpartum. Uh, But other than friends and family, I'm even thinking of lining up help um, like professionally. So lining up um, like a cleaning service for the first couple of months to come in like every other week and do like the deep cleaning stuff that I'm not going to ask my friends and family to do. Like I'm not going to ask you guys to scrub my toilets and things like that. So, but I don't want to do that either. So I'm thinking of budgeting for um, a cleaning service. Um, I have already lined up with a great friend uh, to babysit James for about a month after I deliver. So probably like three days a week, half days, um, James will be out of the house playing with friends, um, with a babysitter. So I can just focus on the baby, um, the new baby, (laughs) not James, which will be nice because although I obviously want to still spend a ton of time with James and Jane, I want them to spend time together those first few weeks it's like all you really want to do and all you really can do is lay around and snuggle your newborn and James is a really active toddler and he is not one to just lay around and watch tv and snuggle although I wish he was he does have his moments where he can kind of snuggle up on the couch for a few minutes but I know he's not gonna be able to tolerate that for hours on end so it will be so nice to have him um out of the house being taken care of by somebody I really trust and that he absolutely loves. So that will be really good for probably, like I said, about a month after I deliver. And the other thing that I did, I actually already talked to her. Um, She's a postpartum doula and Ryan and I are still going over it and still kind of trying to figure out how we could make it work. Um, But they offer a postpartum doula service where she would actually come to our house and like be here physically to help with newborn care, to help with James, cooking, cleaning, all of those things that I mentioned. Um, So that is a possibility as well. And that would be nice, again, with my goal to try to breastfeed, but without putting a ton of pressure on myself, it would be nice because she is also a lactation consultant. So it would be nice to just have somebody here, um, you know, a couple hours, a couple times a week to ask questions and troubleshoot and help me figure breastfeeding out if I am having trouble so that's it when it comes to lining up help um another thing I think the most important thing on my list actually is communicating with my doctor um so I've I mentioned earlier that I was diagnosed after I had James at six weeks postpartum which is the first checkup that a mom usually has after she gives birth which is just crazy to me that you go from being seen once a week <laughs> when you're pregnant towards the end to like, okay, you just had a baby. Um, good luck. I'll see you in six weeks. You know, like that's crazy. Um, so my doctor and I have talked and we will definitely be in touch way sooner than six weeks um, to see if I need absolutely anything like mentally, physically. Um, what helped me a lot with James in recovering from my postpartum depression was taking medication and going to therapy. So I'm going to be in really close contact with my doctor to figure out, you know, if either of those treatments are necessary or if anything needs to be tweaked. Um, I definitely want to stay on top of it because I really, I think that is going to be key in preventing it this time. Um, I know there are so many natural remedies and people feel all different types of ways about 
medication. Um, but for me, I have absolutely no shame in taking medication to alleviate my postpartum depression. Um, I've been on a low dose of medication ever since I was diagnosed and I have absolutely no plans of going off of it. I just feel too good right now and I'm not experiencing any negative side effects from that medication. I'm in a really good place mentally, so I'm like, why am I going to rock the boat? I'm just going to stay on the medication. It's completely safe for pregnancy, completely safe for breastfeeding. So if I do need to adjust my dosage um, and increase it, because I'm literally on the lowest dose they offer, I'm not going to hesitate to do that. Um, It's just too important to me this time to not experience what I experienced last time. Like, I'm not going to be the martyr this time. I think last, last time around, I definitely was the martyr. It was like, poor me. I have to go through this. I have to experience this. I have to do this all on my own. And this time I have the wherewithal and the perspective to say, I absolutely do not (laughs) need to do any of this on my own. You know, that's what community is for. That's what your family is for. Your friends are for your husband, your partner, whoever you have with you. Um, you know, having a baby and dealing with that is not all on you. It might seem like it is because you physically are growing and housing this baby for nine months and then all of a sudden it's in the world and you feel like, okay, well, it's still just my responsibility, but it's not. And I think if I had realized that sooner in my postpartum experience with James, I would have had a much easier time and I would have enjoyed it a lot more. I look back at that postpartum time and it makes me really sad because I feel like I missed out. I feel like I missed out on those snuggly newborn days because I was in such a fog and so depressed that I I didn't want to snuggle my newborn at all. You know, I I look back in pictures of like James laying in his bassinet or James sitting in a stroller or something like that and I'm just like, why weren't you holding him? <laughs> why weren't you just snuggling him while he slept? Um and I definitely, I am grateful that I, I don't even know if I want to say I'm grateful that I experienced that. I wish I never experienced that. But I do think the fact that I did experience postpartum depression and the, the fact that I have this perspective now, I am grateful because I won't take those newborn days for granted. At least I hope not talk to me in six months when I'm like pulling my hair out and so tired and exhausted but in my mind I'm just trying to make this next postpartum experience as peaceful as it can be as happy as it can be because it might be my last you know this might be my last baby you never know um we're just taking it kid by kid to figure out like if if our family is complete or not and I'm it might be after this baby so this might be the last chance I get to really enjoy it so that is my focus um and preventing postpartum depression is definitely key to enjoying that so thank you again for listening to me ramble on about this I do write a blog as well as this podcast and my blog is my name is um if you'd rather read my thoughts and opinions and listen to them you can head over there it is much more well organized and concise um you can't really ramble that much in a blog post so um thank you again for listening and please if you are a new mom 
um, or even an older mom or more experienced mom and you want to weigh in on this conversation, please reach out to me. I would absolutely love to talk to other moms who have been in this experience or know somebody who's been in this experience. I think talking about these things can really remove the stigma um, that we place around it and make it easier for other people to get help. So if that is the case, please reach out to me on my blog, mynameismama.com. Just head over there, comment on a recent post, and we will definitely get in touch. Thank you.